From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio this morning. Ole Miss baseball returns home to face Memphis 6.30 tonight. First pitch for uh, for that one. We'll discuss a little bit of a baseball today. And some other topics for you on a podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. You know, by now you get daiquiris, four ninety nine or three ninety nine for the cheapest, 44 ounces for the largest Lunch specials, ribs, wet or dry, call ahead. We'll be wrapped up and ready to go for you there. Also, great gas prices, courtesy of the Speed Pass Plus out, the Mobile Rewards Program, and more. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford. Oh, should put the mic in front of me. Yeah. Clark Ford is in uh, Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in uh, business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and uh, the rest is up to you. You can shop it around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the product. You'll love the service after the sale. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove that to you when you call him. 662-257-1900. Guest, join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Be a uh, great place. Maybe to hang out before the uh, basketball game tomorrow night, after the baseball game tonight. Uh, on Saturday, Ole Miss is uh, at Mississippi State. That game's at 530. It'll be on all the big screens there at Rafters. If you're uh, in for the weekend for baseball or whatnot, it's highly recommend you stop by there. And then on Sunday, the uh, Bluegrass Brunch begins at 1045, featuring homemade biscuits and uh, chicken and waffles, live bluegrass music, uh, famous mimosas and the famous five dollar bloody marys all of that at rafters music and food on the square in oxford um a little bit of a surprise today Ole Miss and memphis tonight again 6 uh, 30 jackson kimbrell will start for the rebels the freshman left-hander he has a, a couple appearances so far this season's got a 4.5 era a 300 batting average against in a uh, in a couple innings three hits two runs one earned two strikeouts one walk i expect a lot of guys to throw today i think mike's probably doing one of those whole staff kind of deals in the midweek because he commented on sunday about how one of the reasons he took diamond out early is just to get guys work because they had not done much of that so i think he uh he will not necessarily experiment but he will definitely uh have a platoon situation on the mound tonight i expect west burton to throw wouldn't be shocked to see uh, Drew McDaniel throw tonight as uh, as well. And then uh, we'll see about Austin Miller. He had that side discomfort. I would think that if there's any question, he's not going to get anywhere near a mound today. But um, I am curious about an update for him as they move into the weekend against uh, against Princeton. Um, story coming here in probably about an hour after we get done taping. So probably as you listen to this, it'll be up. I talked to Mike Clement yesterday a good bit about the strikeout walk uh, – home run thing discussed you know sustainability discussed it was something he had planned and uh and more so it'll be up at rebelgrove.com he talked about to neil's point you know is it major leagues bleeding in and he said that he's not necessarily teaching it that way 
But the interesting thing is he thinks that a lot of other hitting coaches before they get to college are. So it's it's changing the it's changing the profile of the player before they get to the college level. And then he's having to figure out are we doing too much of it? Are we not doing enough? He said he said he's kind of in the middle. He used Gray Kessinger as a good example. He said that when Gray first got to Ole Miss, if anything, he had kind of a downward plane swing, which definitely needed better launch angles. Said that he was careful to never use the word launch angle with them. It was more of hey, let's do some drills to get you on a better plane. But he said that a lot of times he feels like the word launch angle screws with hitters. They start trying to swing up or start to do certain things. So he said in some ways he tried to manipulate him in some different ways to improve launch angle without making it a a, a major part of the conversation. But he said that, yeah, he thinks that, that it's slowly doing it simply because of what – some in, in an elite, not not in a negative connotation way, but travel ball. Some different coaches mm-hmm. that deal with players prior to getting to, to to college have already implemented some of those things. Guys are specializing in a sport. The age of eight, nine, ten. I mean, I've watched it. Um, the days of a kid playing high school football and then playing high school baseball and high school days. That's, those days are pretty much over, unless you got the right daddy or you're a hell of a player. Um, and so kids are specializing and they all are, a lot of people are hiring their own hitting coach or their club team, their travel team has a hitting coach and swings are getting taught. And so what you do, I haven't read the story obviously, or yeah, it's not been published, <laughs> but, uh, I would imagine that he's having to do a whole lot of figuring out, okay, what exactly can I do with this swing without completely screwing the hitter up? Cause a lot of it's programmed. Well, and a lot of it is, hey, we got to figure out how to make you productive too. It's not like the minor leagues where I got eighteen months to fix you. No, you got to hit now. So I got to make small adjustments. I got to do some, you know different increment, different things yeah. to try to to try to fix that. So I don't. It's a tough job. Everything mechanical with a hitting coach, as well as the um, the psychological parts of a hitting coach. A lot of times, a college hitting coach is a psychiatrist as much as anything else. So let's oh, keep wait. some confidence. Let's keep things. Let's keep things rolling in a good direction. I was watching uh, Cubs Angels yesterday, which was ESPN. That was great. It was fantastic. I don't know if they can do that in the regular season. The answer is they should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Need to. But I thought it was interesting after Bryant and Rizzo were out of the game and they were just sitting there talking for a little while, talking about the mental part of the game, how they have these conversations throughout the course of the season about how bad they are at baseball. So it's such a difficult game. Hitting is very difficult. And um, Rizzo was talking about, you know, the the challenge of just not getting too low, not letting the lows bail you, bottom you out. And so I think there's there's a lot, you know, it's a, it's a shorter season and you don't have, you don't have time to completely tinker with us, to alter a swing that much. You can tinker with it, but you can't change it much. Yeah, so uh, again, we look at home runs, we look at walks. Ole Miss is actually on a record pace from a school standpoint in all three categories. Um, Obviously, we talked about the home runs being on the the, the record pace. Um, Walks from a per-game standpoint are on a record pace, and then – the strikeouts are, which is not a not a not not a great thing, because as as Mike says, and I write about, it's one of those deals where um, you you think in SEC play the walks are going to come down a little bit, the strikeouts are probably going to go up a little bit. You're facing better pitching, although he said you know they face Louisville and East Carolina and Indiana. It's not like they've played nothing but sisters of the poor so far to to have some type of a uh, some type of baseline. So I said I want see the numbers after about 10 more games. But if you told me this is what they are, I wouldn't be totally surprised. 
Well, I mean, I'll be shocked if they hit 109 home runs this season, but um, I don't know. Never know. Well, the good news for them is that six guys have hit multiple home runs and nine guys have hit a home run. So it's not like they're getting all of it from three dudes. It hadn't gotten warm yet. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think this, you know, you might be seeing the beginning of radical change. The game has changed. If you watch, if you watch big league baseball much at all, you, you see that it has become a three outcome game. Walk, homer, strikeout. Lots of strikeouts. Yeah. More sake of the podcast than anything else. I guess my argument to that would be they're still leading the country in these things. It's not like everybody has right. moved up right. to, to, to that point. They're still well above the, 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 the bell curve, if you will, on, on, on where the numbers are. Although, in walks, they're actually third in the SEC. A&M's already walked 77 times in 13 games. I saw that this morning. Um, just walking a ton. But strikeouts a lot. Um, and then... The school record for strikeouts, by the way, if you're curious, was 510 in 1999. Um, whatever reason that is. 8.2 per game. Ole Miss currently at 9.9 per game. Way ahead. Way ahead, yeah. That's, yeah. Um, well, it tells you it's, you got some guys hunting. They're hunting the long ball a little bit. And that happens. Sure, especially if you're hitting them. Ole Miss does lead the SEC in strikeouts. I was just kind of curious about that. They have 109... Florida and somebody else, Missouri, are at 103. Um, that's probably a probably Florida somewhat in Ole Miss's boat, I would assume. Although they've only hit 13 home runs, if you're Missouri, that's probably a really bad sign because yeah. you're, you're 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 not going to produce some of those other offensive categories the way other teams will. So I'm kind of looking at that. So I'll be curious, like I said yesterday, I'll be curious to see the numbers after the LSU series. That's about 10 more games. You'll have a much better. Much better sample size at that point. Yeah, that was one of the conversations I had that probably won't even make the story with Mike yesterday. He said, you know, it's 11 games. Do you really know what you are? And he kind of laughed. He goes, well, no in some ways, but it's 20% of the season. Right. I mean, at some point, it's all I got to go on. So right. it, is, it, it, it is what it is. I don't no, know. I think it's worth looking at. It just you have to you, – you do have to put it in some context. And after you've played 10 or 11 more games and you've doubled these numbers and the numbers, if the numbers are the same, you know, well, that's who we are. I'm going to spend about 10 seconds on this. Memphis 8 and 3 in the uh on the year. They lost 2 out of 3 to Xavier the first weekend, which is a bit baffling, but um nonetheless. Then they uh let's see, they've lost to Central Arkansas, they swept Dayton, they swept Western Illinois, and they have a win over Central Arkansas. So they're actually winners of 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 in a row heading into uh to Oxford tonight. They've got a pretty good test over the weekend. They go to UNC Wilmington this weekend. Wilmington uh swept Kentucky. Last weekend, um, I think it was in Lexington. I don't know, but whatever. That's that's the situation. Saw State said that JT Ginn still on the shelf this week, will not pitch this weekend, although still no real diagnosis on what's wrong with him to uh, to this point. Getting some more opinions. Has he ever had Tommy John? I don't – there was something going on with him out of high school, but I don't think that's what it was just off the top of my head. But I don't remember. Exactly. So they haven't addressed whether this is elbow or whether this is shoulder. Or- well, at first it was shoulder, I thought. And then I heard, like, yeah, the rumor was elbow, but then everybody was actually kind of knew something, said they thought it was shoulder. He'd rather it be elbow. If I'm him. He'd rather it be elbow. I'm shutting this thing down. I'm going to go get treated. And, and I think he's draft eligible this year. I think he's a draft eligible. That's what I, if I'm him, I just tell everybody, hey, I appreciate the love. I'm out. Well, he lost money. Oh, man. I mean. He would have been so much better off taking the pro money, 
letting a pro go ahead and do the let, letting a pro uh, franchise pay for his surgery, his rehab, and go from there. Been so much better off. It's. I'm not saying Russia, no. though. The whole thing is getting a weird vibe to me because State is being so coy with it that it's just stupid now. I mean, we're two and a half weeks. Just tell people what's wrong. I mean, this is this is dumb. I don't know. It's, it's just... Lamonis is running a little bit of a weird pro- program over there right now. And I'm unless, really this sure is, unless this is Ginn saying, I don't want it out. Which, okay. And you, and you can hide behind that. You can hide behind that. But there's no reason. Every scout in the world's going to know what's wrong. You're not hiding it from anybody who matters. Right. That's the thing. Is that's that's that's, that's kind of foolhardy in a lot of ways because it's not like you're keeping a secret here. When you don't pitch, you don't pitch. Right. I mean, Scott Biddle's a good example of that from Ole Miss. Mike said he was day to day for like three weeks, and it's like, okay, Mike, like what's what's yeah. up? And eventually, it's well, he's got a capsule issue in his shoulder. Okay, but he's had the capsule issue in his shoulder the whole time. So, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Uh, anyway, that does change their dynamic, though. Man. Different team without that cat. Uh, let's see. Breaking down a lot of basketball today. What are we doing? Uh, I think we have a media op with Brian at 2.15 or something like that. I mean, it's his senior day. He's had a hell of a career. What's his legacy going to be? Got him to the tournament, scored a lot of points. Good dude. I like Brian. I know a lot of people call him selfish and call him what I wrote about this in 10 Thoughts. But in that modern, we're talking about really modern era, really since AK even, see the, will he emerge as the, the best guard out of that group? No, but not unless he goes to the NBA because oh, Ter- Terrence, but yeah. from a college standpoint, probably should. I mean, Marshall's got all the pub. I get all that. Breen's a better player than Marshall. Yeah, Breen's a better player than Marshall Henderson. Breen's a better player than Chris Warren. Yeah. Better player than Stephen Moody. Yeah. Breen can, I mean, he can score three ways. Um, He's gotten better as a defender. Still gets bullied a little bit, which is the concern for him at the, the next level. Is got to play the point, but I think his handle's been better this year, even though his turnovers are up. I don't know. I like him. I mean, I you know I look at everything from a how the how he handled media standpoint because that's what I do. And uh, he's he's kind of been through it all. He's been through that nightmare season with with um, Andy's last year. Mm-hmm. He went through a year that was kind of a, a renaissance season where they got to the tournament. Had to get over a big injury out of high school. Yeah, yeah, a bad ACL. Um, and then this year he's had to carry a team and gotten frustrated a little. He's expressed it a little subtly. Um, and then he got tired late and he talked about it. Some people criticized him for talking about it, but damn it, he was tired. I mean, you know, I mean, and you see it. He's, he's kind of losing his legs a little bit and uh, he didn't, hasn't, hasn't been able to score a lot the last couple of games. I hope for his sake that he has a, a big final game at home. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, there will be one of the off-season storylines that I think has been squashed now because he's played so well is going to be now the storyline is going to be how do you replace his points? It's a yeah. legitimate question. It's a legitimate question. How do you replace his points? And probably by forward? committee is the only way that will make a lot of sense. 
Yeah, depending on what not they, one guy is going to come in and average twenty a night. Now. Not unless they can find a way to to get a, a grad transfer in who is going to light the scoreboard. The guard up. version of Kenny Blackshear or something. And, and I just don't see that. That, that. Maybe that's out there. If it is, I don't know of it. Um, you know, maybe it's Matthew Morrell, although I think that's a lot to ask of him in year one. I, maybe, I think you'd be pleased with Morrell giving you 9 to 12. If yeah, they're going to have to get double figures from him. They're going to have to get double figures from him, and they're going to have to get double figures from Joyner. And if Shuler stays, he's got to have a better year. Where I think they've got a chance to be better next year is there are some real signs that and it's inconsistent right now. They've got to do it night in and night out. But there are some real signs that Hadim C. and uh, K.J. Buffin could really take a step forward. And I'm going to give Blake Henson the benefit of this doubt. When you miss an entire offseason, it really screws with your rhythms. And um, Blake's got to grow up. He's got to become a little less confident, a little more selective with his shot. But there is talent there for the people like, oh, we could just get rid of him. <laughs> Be careful. To replace him with who? I mean, you know, I mean, I, I almost catch myself getting a little defensive of some of the guys like, well, you ought to process this guy and this guy and this guy. I'm like, who are you going to get? You're going to go get seven grad transfers? And then what after that? And the truth is you got to build a program. I mean, it's it's – that's why I thought Saturday was really encouraging for them with Sammy Hunter looking like maybe the lights are coming on. I think Sean Robinson's going to play some next year. But make no mistake, this team's going to miss Bree and Tyree. Watch them late in an offensive set this year. Who are they looking for? Where the hell's Bree and getting the ball? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all you got to do is look at that final possession at Rupp where Kentucky – denied the ball to Tyree, and the whole possession just completely fell apart. The one where Devontae took the last yeah. three. Yeah, and that was their season in a nutshell. I'm giving away my end-of-the-year column. That's okay. But that was that was their season in a microcosm. They're, this team's legacy is not they sucked and they got blown out a bunch. Nope, that is not it. This team's legacy is they couldn't get over the hump. And a lot of that is because they couldn't find that next guy to, to – Go back a year and look at when they went to Missouri at the end of the season in an absolute must-win game. And Brian was off. Mm-hmm. And Terrence was off. And Devontae carried them. And then late, both Brian and TD made plays. That team had playmakers. This team has a lot of times been limited to one playmaker. Yeah, it's a different shooter this year. TD's gone. Um, what do you, it's not a criticism at all. Because um, it's been fascinating to watch him. What do you think caused Terrence to be such a late bloomer in a way? Because I mean, he he's creating a shot. I mean, he's 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 dynamic on an NBA floor right now that we didn't necessarily see night in and night out ever in college. Um, a lot of it was confidence. Okay. I mean, this is a kid that throughout high school and throughout the first part of college, everybody around him was like, "Man, what are you doing? Play football." Mm-hmm. And he was a good football player. And then I think, you know, early at, at Ole Miss, uh, he defensively played himself off the floor a lot as a freshman. Andy knew how talented he was. A lot was. of early fouls throughout his career. Yeah. Um, Andy Andy knew how talented he was. And then he had that breakout sophomore year where he started to get some confidence. And then that whole junior year, that 
Brian's sophomore year, that Andy's last year, it was just such just a Just a year of an abomination. Just a nightmare. Yeah. If you go back and remember they lost, was it four overtime games? Had the ball in and out at A&M. Yeah, yeah. just crazy stuff, man. I mean, and just it's such a mental thing. You were talking about hitting. Well, shooting is mental too. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know. And then I thought the change did him good. He went and did – give Terrence credit. He went and did the NBA evaluation thing the right way. He went into it open-minded. He listened. He got feedback. Took it to heart. Said okay, yeah. And then, you know, Kermit challenged him to become a better defender, which is something Andy had done for three years. And I think – Different voice. A different voice. And the clock was ticking. Mm-hmm. And so he did. He kind of became a better defender. He's always been an elite athlete, my God, you know, and he developed a better shot. He developed better work habits. And um, again, I, you, you're you're not an NBA guy, so you you don't completely understand what I'm about to say. I mean, you get it. It, and I don't know what the like Major League Baseball equivalent to this is. I don't I don't I don't know what the NFL equivalent to this is. He could not have gone to a better organization. Yeah. It could not have worked out better for him in terms of the, the the coaching staff he's around, the franchise that he's around, the the pros that he's around. I mean, he's around Kyle Lowry and, and Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Vliet. Um, he's around guys that you could not get a better nucleus core of mm-hmm. professional basketball players to bring in a young dude, Norman Powell. I mean, he's brought in – he's in a cocoon, if you will. And Nurse is a fantastic psychologist of a coach. Knows when to push, knows when to back off, knows when to bench, knows when to yell, knows when to play. And they've let Terrence have a lot of growing pains because Terrence played his way onto the bench early in the year a little mm-hmm. bit. And instead of just banishing him to the bench forever – like Boylan with the Bulls has done with completely just destroying a roster. Said, hey, we got to work on these things. And then as he did better in practice, gave more minutes, just carry it. And he's had a great year. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. Underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you're getting local underwriting and understands your market. The float down option is available to lock in a current rate, and rates right now as good as they've ever been on 30 years and 15 years. So uh, take advantage of that, even if you uh, refinanced or purchased a year ago. Maybe it's time to look again. 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Rebel fans, renew your football season tickets by March 31st to secure your seats in the vault. This season, tickets start at just $199. Can be purchased by visiting fb.olemisstix.com. Fresh off tournament win, the Ole Miss baseball team back at Swayze tonight at 6.30, then back this weekend as they host Princeton. General admission tickets are available by visiting OleMissTix.com. Join the men's hoops team back in the pavilion on Wednesday, March 4th for senior night as the Rebels take on Missouri at 8 p.m. The first 1,000 fans will receive a commemorative Brian Tyree poster. Tickets remain and can be purchased by visiting OleMissTix.com. Uh, the Ole Miss softball team kicks off a full week of games at the Ole Miss softball complex starting tonight and Wednesday at 6. Then they host Central Florida for a weekend series beginning on Friday. Admission is free. For more information, go to OleMissSports.com. 
and uh, join the Ole Miss women's tennis team uh, back at home this weekend. They host Georgia at 3 p.m. on Friday and again on Sunday as they host Tennessee at 1 p.m. Admissions free. For more information, you can visit OleMissSports.com. Our friends at Blue Delta Jeans are excited to uh, reintroduce Duck Canvas, longtime Blue Delta Jeans clients. Remember this durable, long-lasting fabric. It's back in stock by popular demand in canyon brown, green, gray, and navy. At 10.5 ounces, this Georgia milled fabric will provide you with the ultimate American-made pant that is nearly unbreakable. For more information or to place your order today, visit bluedeltajeans.com or reach out to Blue Delta Jeans on social media at Blue Delta Jeans. Uh, the podcast is also brought to you by Nest and Wild. Sleep better with a Nest and Wild mattress. Nest and Wild is a Mississippi-based mattress company making a high-quality mattress delivered right to your door. They make buying a new mattress easy. Every Nest and Wild mattress is one foot thick, giving you comfort and support that will last. A lot of online brands sell an 8-inch or 10-inch mattress with less support and durability. From the twin size to the California King, every Nest and Wild mattress is one foot thick, 100% American-made, and uh, the pricing is fantastic, and we'll make it even better by throwing in the uh, podcast code REBEL20, which lets you get 20% off your purchase at Nest and Wild. Also, when you order from Nest and Wild, you fight cancer in your sleep. Nest and Wild has partnered with former Major League pitcher Jason Mott and his foundation in the fight against cancer. They donate a portion of every mattress uh, sold back to Jason's charity. Again, nestandwild.com. Enter the uh, pod- podcast code REBEL20 at checkout. Get 20% off your purchase. Injured but not sure where to go, no matter where you are, Special Orthopedic Group is recovered with three convenient locations in Tupelo, Oxford, and New Albany. No referral is needed to schedule an appointment with one of SOG's fellowship-trained subspecialized surgeons at any of the three locations. 24-hour scheduling, SOG makes it easy to accommodate you. Call 76742 Hundred or request an appointment on the website at www.sogms.com. Special orthopedic group. Choose a specialist. Choose SOG. More on that later in uh, the week. So we kind of rotate here a little bit. I'm seeing seeing a, a new mock draft up on uh, ESPN.com. Post combine for uh, for that one. Looking forward here. Uh, I, I know you're a fan. Uh, looks like you can get Justin Herbert all the way down potentially at 13 to the Colts. Uh, Jordan Love, at least in this mock draft, has moved ahead of him. Jordan Love. Jordan Love is the uh, guy that Todd McShay is fascinated with. Um, Where do you play? Completely. He is. Uh, he's from Utah State. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he and Mel Kuyper have a uh, a bet on Herbert or Love, which one will go higher than the draft. I think it's like ten thousand dollars to charity or something like okay. that. Um, yeah, he uh, he's 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 all about love. Yeah, so. I like Herbert. I think the knock on Herbert is these football people think he's not enough football. There's a lot of guys in the NFL that are quarterbacks that aren't just all football. Burrow at one, obviously. Chase Young at two. Defensive end, Ohio State. Maybe the safest pick in the draft. You know, no he's going to be good. It's, no it's, doubt. It's, 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 nobody's going to boo Washington if they take Chase Young right there at number two. No. Uh, Jeff Okuda, the cornerback at Ohio State, number three. Isaiah Simmons to the Giants at four, the outside linebacker from Clemson. His measurement stuff. Who's that? Simmons? Simmons. Four, three, nine, 40. 39 inch vertical, 11 foot broad jump. Yeah, for a guy that's like 257 or something like that. <clears throat> Tua to 
the Dolphins at five, as we knew. Um, yeah. All the medical stuff's coming back positively for him, so that's not a shock. Cincinnati's going to take Burrow, though. I mean, you just you just can't. Um, no matter what you think, you just can't. I. Uh, You'd have to feel really you're damn sure. Net negative is the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. It, 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 you're going to be killed early and just hope you're right. That's, no, I mean if you don't take Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow has a strong NFL career, yeah. You as a franchise, you don't ever recover from it. You never live it down. You don't. You lose your fan base. You look over and see that every time and go. Oh. No, you lose your fans. So you, if you take Burrow, you sell a bunch of jerseys, you sell a bunch of tickets, you get people excited. Have no choice. Jordan Love at six to the Chargers, as uh, as said. This is talk about guy with question marks. It's interesting because I mean, even even um, McShay mentions it here. Twenty touchdowns to seventeen interceptions last year at Utah State. For Love, yeah. I mean, yeah. I you better know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I didn't ever watch them play. I'm no, so I I can't begin to break down Jordan Love. <laughs> Derek Brown seven Panthers yeah, exactly. tackle Auburn. Thank you. No issue. Safe there. bet. He's going to be a good. Going to be a good player. Going to be a good uh, football player. Iowa has an offensive tackle in the top ten. I'm sure we're shocked with Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, he's good Jaguars. too. I have watched him play. He's good. <laughs> you have watched yep. him play. <laughs> uh, offensive tackle Alabama. Jedrick Willis ten to the Browns. Jerry Judy eleven to the Jets. Yeah. C D Lamb, wide receiver Oklahoma twelve to the Raiders. Herbert again to thirteen. DeAndre Swift, the running back out of Georgia to the Bucks. So they've 14. got the Colts going quarterback first round. They have yeah, they have uh let's see. Let's see what the paragraph says here. In the first season since Andrew Luck shockingly retired, Colts passing game averaged hundred and ninety four point three yards per game, third worst in the league under Jacoby Brissett. Luck had them at number six in the NFL the previous season and the aerial attack flame out led the Colts to seven and nine in the division that featured two playoff teams. A change under center is likely needed. Brissett has another year on his deal. That'll be that'll be important. Herbert needs a little more time. The six foot six gunslinger tested well at the combine and lit up the Senior Bowl in January. But consistency concerns haven't gone away. He has the physical traits you want in a quarterback, including a big arm and mobility. But questions about whether he can lead an NFL offense explain why Herbert is available to the Colts at number thirteen. I wonder if they will be a little gun shy, more gun shy than most, in that Luck was a guy who football wasn't the only thing in his life was able to walk away from it i wonder if they'll be scared of herbert for some of the same reasons really <clears throat> it was nfl guys now that a lot of those franchises if if you're not just eat sleep breathe football they're scared of you indian indianapolis feels like a good fit for him from fan base standpoint but oh i, I like him yeah i think he's going to be a good player I wouldn't take him with a top five pick, but if you had, if I needed a quarterback at twelve or thirteen, I'd take him. Henry Ruggs, the third wide receiver, Alabama, fifteen to the Broncos. Dude can fly. Yeah. <laughs> Got the Falcons taking Chase on from LSU, the defensive end at sixteen. Safe bet. Yeah, you feel good about that. Xavier McKinney, safety, Alabama, seventeen to the Cowboys. Safe bet. C.J. Henderson, cornerback, Florida, Miami at eighteen. That's a that's a pick from Pittsburgh. Um, Raiders with a second first-round pick. Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle, South Carolina. Uh, let's see. Just Where did the Saints pick? Like 24, 25? Yeah, it's on down. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, LSU, 21 to the Eagles. I'm kind of skipping around a little bit now. T. Higgins, 22 to the Bills, the wide receiver from Clemson that had the whole car situation. Uh, let's see. They have the Saints taking a wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. 
in the first round. That's what they have them doing. I mean, I, I get Thomas needs another weapon out there. He's got got a lot of problems, though. Honestly, it's a it's a it's a it's a weird roster that is sort of kind of still in its window, but got some issues that need to be addressed at the same time. Forty one year old quarterback. That's that's that that is how big your window is. Is you have a forty one year old quarterback. That's kind of where the conversation starts the and ends. Yep. <laughs> Trayvon Diggs, cornerback, Alabama, twenty five to the Vikings. <clears throat> Do the Bears still have their first round pick, or they they traded away, didn't they? Um, I haven't seen anything on the Bears at all. So, yeah, apparently they don't have a first-round pick. Uh, let's see. Patrick Queen, inside linebacker, LSU to the Ravens at 28. Andrew Thomas, tackle Georgia, 29 to the Titans. And then Grant Delpit, 31 to the 49ers from LSU. You like that value at 31, don't you? Grant Delpit. Yo, yeah. Get Grant Delpit at 31? Yeah. The oh, Athletic oh. has the Saints taking uh, Henry Ruggs. The wide receiver oh, from Alabama really? at number 24. They've okay. got the Saints in the third round. This is interesting. Um, the Raiders have Chicago's pick at 19. Okay. They've got uh, the Saints third round, 88 overall, taking Jake Fromm, the quarterback from Georgia. Okay. In case you're curious, in round four, they've got them taking uh, Emeek Robertson, the cornerback from Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. Got him going offensive line in the fifth round. Wide receiver in the sixth. They don't have a seventh-round pick. The Giants have their seventh-round pick in the Eli Apple deal. Oh, well. Glad, <laughs> glad we give a pick for that. Oh, makes me feel good. Yeah. Yeah, I saw somebody yesterday. There was a GM for one of the sites. It was talking to a reporter, and it might have been Triplet. And uh, he, he floated Jameis' name to the Saints. And it's like – you're wishing, bud. Like at this point, when a GM does it, come on, stop. Like you're you're yeah. you're, you're you're playing a game now. And they got it from the the Bucks have uh, a tremendous amount of interest in uh, uh, Bridgewater. Yeah, that's where that came from. Maybe a Trade essentially a swap. Sport. Yeah, it, take Jameis to New Orleans and let him sit behind. Uh, but the problem with Jameis in New Orleans is he doesn't fit at all in any way. I mean, there's nothing there that makes any sense. Jameis Winston's going to have to decide. He's sort of the opposite of. Of he's got to he's got to make the decision that that he wants to be an NFL quarterback. You know, Teddy Bridgewater said, "I'm going to go learn from Sean Payton and Drew Brees." Yeah, I I know that this I'm going to be an apprentice for a couple of years. I know this is going to suck a little, but I'm going to go make the most of it. And he has, and he's getting ready yeah, to, to play. Too. Oh, he's getting ready to cash in. Yeah, he's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL next year. And so if you're yeah, and and going to be going to get paid too. Um, that, that's the decision that Jameis Winston has to make if the Bucks are moving on from him. He has to decide, am I willing to put some of my considerable ego aside? And it's considerable. And Yes. And hit the reboot button, or am I not? Because if he's not, I don't know where he's going to go. But if he is, Sorry. I don't know that, he makes, that New Orleans makes sense, but there are some places that probably do. A lot of talk about the Bears going after a quarterback. Got trying to figure out a way to sort of to do it. They're having to decide are they all in on Trubisky. There, there's all the Tom Brady stuff with talk about him to the Titans won't just die. No, it's still lingering. It's very much there. In fact, more people than more people than not are saying he's not going to be in New England. So who's going to be in New England? You know, it, there's there's a lot kind of out there. <clears throat> the NFL does really well. The NFL is able to maintain the news cycle 
with the combine and all that stuff yeah. all the way to the end of the draft. Yeah. They do. The only time they take off is sort of in the summer a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. June. They get out of the way a little bit. And then June and first part of July, and then they kick it back up again. And they get August, even though there's no games. Camp. Yeah, of course. The preseason. Yeah. No, they Speaking of marketing, we talked about this a minute ago. Yeah, sure. So ESPN yesterday. Yeah, I was going back here anyway. Go okay. Ahead. Uh, Cubs and Angels played a preseason Cactus League game in uh, Mesa, Arizona. They 2 did. o'clock on a Monday afternoon. Yeah, whatever. Madden back with the Cubs for a day. But sleepy. Oh, very sleepy. They made it. I watched. Excellent television. Yeah. They mic'd up uh, Chris Bryant, the Cubs third baseman, Anthony Rizzo, the Cubs first baseman, two uh, very charismatic human beings. Um, mic'd them up during the game, during their at-bats. In uh, the field. Just in the field, the whole thing. Um Mic'd up both managers at different points. It was it was incredibly good television. And they had a, a, a Boog Shambi was doing the, the – and he's excellent. And uh, I like Jessica Mendoza. I think she's really good. I, I, people, a lot of people don't like her, and I think that's just sexism. I, I think she's really good at what she does. She understands the game. She does a lot of work. Um, I thought it was a great broadcast. Usually in a Cactus League game, if it's the Cubs, I'm watching the first inning or two. I'm watching the starting pitcher. Like, how's he look? Are we going to be okay? And then I'm out. And then I'm out. As soon as the guys come out wearing AD, number 82 and number 91, I'm done. Yeah. Next. I stayed in that game for most of the game because I enjoyed the access. And the stuff with the at-bats, when you got to listen to, like, Anthony Rizzo do the thing where he's, Hey, I'm doing math here. I think I'm getting the heater. And then he hits a, a ball into the gap. That's great stuff. And my point is, it's not about the Cubs. Can it translate to the regular season at all? Here's my answer. Yeah. It has to. Okay, no, I agree, but... That's my answer. It has to. It's the one thing that is very interesting that baseball could do. It's the one thing. That's it. Yes. Because, A, you're not realizing how slow the game's moving at times because you've got some stuff. Now, question is, who actually would be okay with it? The answer? Sure. Is Trevor Bowers right? Everybody's going to have to be okay with it. These old school dudes are like, I don't know. Gotta get, gotta. listen, here's the thing. I live with a 13-year-old who's a sports nut, okay? Carson's never played football. He can tell you most of the NFL quarterbacks. He is would love to be a basketball player. God bless him. He gets out in the driveway every night, does dribble drills and stuff. Bless he, he, the sperm and egg thing really hurt him. Um, but he wants. I mean, he would love to go to Memphis on Saturday night. I don't know that we're going to be able to pull it off, but he would love to go to Memphis Saturday night. Why? See the Grizzlies who are fighting for the eight seed and the Hawks who are a bad team. No, he wants to watch John Morant and he wants to watch Trey Young. Because the NBA, because it's basketball and all that stuff, but they do a fantastic job of marketing their stars. Plural. Lots of stars. They do. You can hate the NBA, and you got to give them that. They're fantastic at it. People feel like they know 
guys beyond LeBron. Yeah, of course. I mean, Carson knows when, hey, PG, PG's shoes are coming out, all this stuff. Then He's that. He grows up in a house where his dad's a baseball nut. Love the Cubs, and during Carson's years that he can remember, the Cubs have been good. He's not particularly interested. He was he liked that yesterday. That was where I was going. That came on. I taped it for him because I didn't know it was going to do it. I was got on the Peloton, turned it on. I'm like, hey, we got everybody mic'd up. I'm like, oh, I better record this. And he was like, oh, that was cool. That was funny. That was cool. You've so if you're a Braves fan or you're trying to become a Braves fan, you got to figure out a way to mic somebody up. You you if you're a Yankees fan, mic up. Brett Sunday Gardner. night baseball. Sunday night baseball would be perfect. Hey, tonight we've got Freddie Freeman and Bryce Harper mic'd up. Yep. Yep. You want to grow the game? Baseball loves to talk about growing the game, and then they do everything the opposite of growing the game. That was compelling last night. I think we're years away. I just think the managers and the organizations will fight back like a son of a gun. Stu. I think you're Maybe probably right. But I'm going to tell you this. I don't know that they have years. I'll tell, and I'm going to tell you why. you got to get young people. Look at our business, right? We came in and we started thinking, okay, how, how do we grow this? Well, we got to grow after a certain demographic. Did things. We studied things. We did things like this that appealed to, to a, a younger demographic. If you're, if you're baseball, you better open your eyes a little. <clears throat> Look at how well the NBA does with young people. Look at how well MLS is doing with young people. Look, I know it was new and novel and all that stuff, but Nashville had 55,000-plus at an MLS game the other night. It was their first game and inaugural and all that stuff, and I'm sure it'll drop off some, but you can't ignore those numbers. Mm-hmm. People our age, we didn't grow up playing soccer. People our kids' age, they grew up playing soccer. They grew up watching soccer on Saturday mornings. They can watch the English Premier League. They can watch Bundesliga and all that stuff on satellites, and they do. And they talk about it at school. Major League Baseball's got to figure that out. You've got to somehow, like yesterday, the Angels put out that video of Mike Trout hitting the golf ball 400 yards or whatever the hell it was. All of a sudden, oh, that's cool. You're going to have to figure out ways to make Mike Trout cool. Well, and I'm, I'm going to continue this conversation after the break, but the other thing you got out of that was so many people on Twitter joking but serious goes, oh, I now know what Mike Trout looks like. I know. Because he hit a golf ball on Twitter. Not I'm, that he plays for the Angels and is one of the best statistical players of all time. I know. Fascinating. So, Podcast brought to you in part by Tyson Drugs and G&M Pharmacy. 662-236-2222 is the phone number. Still go get the uh, flu vaccine. It is available as due at our copay on most insurance plans. Not to wait in line or anything. They'll get you out as quickly and painlessly as possible. They also deliver locally in the Oxford area to your home or workplace. They offer MedSync to fill your prescriptions the same day every single month to make it easy on you. And with Right Way Meds, they will individually package that medication by dose to make sure you take it when needed every single day. Again, 662-236-2222. Now's the time out there that you really need to uh, probably have a a financial professional on your side with all of the uh, volatility in the market due to the coronavirus and all that stuff. I recommend Pinnacle Trust. They're based in Madison, Mississippi. They uh, represent clients in more than 20 states. They have advisors in multiple states as well. 
They uh, provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more. They also have the Pinnacle Trust 401k advisory services team. Call them today. They'll conduct a complimentary, no-obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. Mention that you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the Oxford Exxon podcast. You'll get 10% off your first year's fees. We're also brought to you by the Weston Jackson. It's uh, home to Soul Spa. It's also home to Estelle Wine Bar and Bistro, where you can sip on a creative craft cocktail, enjoy their curated wine list. It's open for uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and Sunday brunch. Chef Caden's mission is to connect guests with the community through local partnerships, so gather at Estelle at the Weston Jackson tonight. And we're brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you've been thinking about a golf trip with the guys, maybe you're... uh, trying to decide whether it's a good time or not to uh, make a trip to Europe. Maybe you're changing your plans and you're like, I I think we're going to keep it domestic this year and you're looking for something new. Get in touch with John. He's part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide network of travel partners that allows him to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. So what you do is you give him a call. You just give him some parameters. Tell him what you're thinking about. Give him a budget. And he will give you options. And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or send him an email. Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. Podcasts are brought to you by Visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com is the website. Go to the events page, see everything going on this week and every week. The first Tuesday music series kicks back off tonight or today, sorry, 12 15 to 1 for that. You got a Cabernet tasting today. You got baseball, basketball tomorrow, and much more. So you can find the full list of events there at Visit Oxford or just stop by their location downtown. It's on Jackson Avenue right there on the square. And you can uh, you get welcome bags. They'll tell you about some different things going on maybe you don't know about that you uh, can find locally in Oxford. So, again, visit OxfordMS.com slash events. Yeah, because, you know, look, yeah, they just got to get over the stuffiness because baseball has baseball has a stuffiness. And I, I'm going to make a point here, and everybody kind of rolls their eyes. Baseball has somewhat of the same problem the PGA Tour has, golf. Golf and baseball are both trying to figure out how to get younger audiences, how to make the game younger, how to make it compelling television in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Golf right now, their idea was, hey, let's do mid-round interviews. Let's talk to people during the round while they're walking down the fairway. Even the players fighting back on it. There's Why? no bigger baby in the world than a PGA Tour golfer. What's it, their it, argument? It's, it's distracting me? Distract, I just don't want to do it. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Sorry. Whatever. And, and they're insulated because, you know, several different reasons for this. But course setup gets a little hard for them. They complain. They fix it. Courses they don't like because it's not what they're used to. They move the courses somewhere else. I mean, it's it's complete and utter ability from the players to dictate everything while getting these massive paychecks. I mean, a hundred and something players last year made more than a million dollars. Um, but my point being, the PGA Tour is better at it than baseball, and they still haven't gotten to that point yet to fully whatever. So that is why I think baseball is even further behind because they haven't even caught up to where golf is right now. On trying to find the younger players, because golf, in a lot of ways, is only getting a little bit of a younger market because a lot of non-traditional media started covering them in more interesting and cool ways. And the PGA Tours, frankly, fought against that even to some extent in some different ways. So I mean, they sort of got this big golden goose handed to them that they haven't fully taken advantage of. And yeah, baseball's not even close to that. 
I don't watch NASCAR, but they do the thing where you can you can hear the radio. Yeah, yeah. at least some. I don't again. Yeah, which gets you involved a little bit. Of course. Bit. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean that's that is the most. Yeah, anything inside, I mean, pardon the pun, inside baseball is the way to get television yeah. to work. The most interesting thing in golf, when the commentator shuts up and you hear the caddy player conversations yes. on what club to hit. Yes. By far the best part of the entire broadcast. Yes. And a lot of times they'll try to talk over it, and it's like, shut up. That's what I actually want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear that. Baseball, same thing. NASCAR, same thing. No, I, I mean... And I know people go, well, how do you do it? Because I know baseball's reaction is, how do you do it where there's no cheating? Well, you just don't don't cheat. All right, but, what are we talking about? Well, if you mic up the hitter and the hitter's in the box, you know, Rizzo didn't know what was coming yesterday. Got to hear him converse with the catcher. He was, I mean, look, I don't know how many people, I'm a Cub fan and I get it. And my son worships Anthony Rizzo, but... I don't know how many people are as charismatic as he is. No, I tell you what, pick the right people. I mean, but I tell you who would do it. It'd be fascinating. Mike up Trevor Bauer during a game he's pitching. I know it was spring training, but him tipping his pitches yesterday was brilliant. One of the funniest. He's so funny. I love him. <laughs> he's playing for a team I'm supposed to hate, and I, I I love him. Mike him up. Let's talk him. Let him talk through a game. Think you do it? Yeah. Oh, he, he'll be the first to tell you, we've got to do something, we being Major League Baseball, to get these kids. Everybody wants to make the money. But if people stop going to your games, if people stop watching your games, and your TV rights go down, it's less money. So you think he'd wear a microphone while he's pitching? Yes. Yes. It'd be fascinating. I'd watch. Yeah. Sunday night. Reds, Padres. Are you watching? No. Trevor Bauer's mic'd up. I'm watching. Yeah. I'll go make a sandwich while the Reds are hitting. I'll come back. Yeah. I'm watching. Sure. The all-access thing is what people want. Hey, man, marketing 101 is you give people what they want. And then other people start to go, I'll do it. I guarantee you around baseball today in clubhouses in Florida and Arizona, guys are saying, hey, did you watch that Cubs-Angels deal? Did you watch that? Would you do that? Somebody in the stream said they're doing it again today with the Yankees. Brilliant. Yeah. I'll watch. I mean, Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant are not the only charismatic baseball players. Like you mentioned Freddie Freeman. I'd love to listen to Freddie Freeman. It'd be funny. Mike up a first baseman. Let's hear the conversations when, you know, the, the Braves are playing the, the the Cardinals and Yadier Molina singles and he's at first base. I want to hear the conversation that he and Freddie Freeman have. Be funny. Yesterday when Pujols got to first, uh, Rizzo and Pujols talked about Trout's golf swing. It was great. Oh, really? Yeah. Just like, it's, it'll, it, we're not giving away state secrets here. People need – you got to make it more watchable. If it's not football, you've got to do other things to make it more watchable. And even football, you, I guarantee you the NFL is watching some of the stuff that's going on. What's it called? The XFL? Yeah. The NFL is watching stuff that's going on there and said, what, what works? Does that work? Like I, I'll tell you the one thing with the NFL that I want. I want it with the college game, too. And I know the college, everybody's so stuffy at the college level with everything that we'll never get anything. 
But the NFL, I want I want to hear the replay official. Well, it's going. XFL does it. Yeah. I want to hear that conversation. Back to, here's what I'm watching. This is what I see. Okay, this is what I see. For the NFL, that would be the single biggest positive change they can make in their broadcast. Yes. Take the cloak out of it. Yep. Transparent. Here's what I see. Yeah, boy. Uh, Here's why. Yeah, yeah. The whole deal. Talk me through it. Yeah. Oh, at the end. And then when you get done, you go, okay, at least hey, there, there, there's the explanation. Hate it. Don't, whatever. Yeah. Well, you there might not is. agree with it, but it's right there. Sure. Yeah. You know, like NBA had their all-star weekend. And they gave the fans what the fans wanted. Access to players. You got to watch all the stuff with the camera angles. They let them do all the gimmicky stuff. And then in the all-star game, which normally is really boring this year, they said, hey, we're going to do something to make it more interesting. And it was. Mm-hmm. The fourth quarter of the NBA all-star game this year, whether you like the NBA or not, you walked away from that going, oh, my God, those are the best players in the world. That was incredible. To watch them play a game of 22 or 24. Yeah. Where it meant something. And every possession people were defending and all, it was great. That's what you have to do if you, unless you are the NFL. Like I think the college game at some point is going to have to come off some of its stuffiness. Because outside of, you know, certain markets, there was a decline there. The games are four hours long because of the, 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 the stuff. You've got to, if you want people to truly watch those games, you're going to have to make some things more accessible. You're going to have to take some of the stuffiness and the secrecy and the, oh my God, what if anybody sees this out of it? No, the XFL has done a really nice job. I don't know what their ceiling is. I don't know how long it works. I don't know anything else. They've done a nice job with what they envision as a possible niche. They've done a good job. I mean, yeah. the I mean, kickoff's an improvement. The replay stuff's good. They're having some fun. It's good. No problems. Well, and they, I'm not I'm not glued to it. No, I, I haven't watched fine. it, but I'll give them credit. They very clearly understand, hey, we're not the NFL. Let's not pretend that we are. Let's do some different things. Let's experiment. I've followed Jordan Talmu. That's what I've done. I've kind of seen how he's done and how they – and he's, 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 he's having a hell of a year. Um. And they appear to have, the Battle Hawks appear to be pretty good. That's yeah. that's what I got. He and Channing play on that team. Yeah. Demarcus Gates has done a really good job. Who's he playing for? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it rough something. I don't know. Yeah. But, the rough something. Yeah. I, yeah, know, I, I can't criticize. I had no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Like I knew the name of Jordan's team. That was about it. You knew the Battle Hawks. I knew that one because of no secret. I like Jordan a lot. Yeah. 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 Um, George, one of the nicest people I think we've ever covered. Demarcus finding a way to just kind of hang around. He was in that other league too, and then this one just sort of playing football. He's one of those guys that wakes up and tackles something. That's what he does. That's kind of what he does. Yeah, kind of, as, uh, kind of a shame for him that he just didn't have a little bit more raw athleticism. He'd be a great NFL player. Just didn't. I wasn't quite big enough, I guess. I don't know. Houston Roughnecks. The Roughnecks. Yeah, and he was close. Something like that. What's a roughneck? It's like a it's like a person that works on an oil rig or something, isn't it? Oh, is that right? Isn't it right? Isn't that right? That's why I asked you, what's a roughneck? If I knew, I wouldn't have asked you. Yeah, I think that's right. Right? Flopstream? Yeah, okay. Yeah, thumbs up. That's what I thought. Yeah. We're doing better with that than we are languages, apparently. Yeah, getting a lot of corrects there. It's good. Pleasing myself. Okay. Good for you. Yeah, I know. 
Uh, I had something. Where was it at? Bad pod, I know, but I lost what I had. So I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't have access to your computer. What's on your list? That's a good, good point. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, sorry. We pretty much covered it. Yeah, I know. We have hit a lot of it. I don't I, I don't know. Um, I, I did, that, was, that was my takeaway from yesterday was when I watched it, I had a conversation with a friend of mine that was like, you, can they do that in the regular season? And my response was, they have to. Right? If you do something and the feedback is, oh, my God, that's awesome. Don't stop. Yeah. Well, that was a one-time thing. Sorry, guys. You can't, Anomaly. No. You gotta go, we got to go back to that. Yeah. How do we do it? Pick the right players. And they – listen. Let me ask this. Just asking. Do you run into some issues because you're only picking English-speaking guys who are pretty articulate? I'm, I'm yeah, but that's probably a little question. bit of a necessary evil. Okay. I mean, you know, it is – Broadca- yeah, I mean, it is broadcast to an American audience. Now, you're, does ESPN still have ESPN Deportes or whatever? Is that still a thing? I think so. I mean, you know, you could mic up a, a Spanish-speaking player. Yeah. Sure. Have yeah. that conversation. Sure. There's ways to do it. I mean, there's ways around it. You know, mm-hmm. some practicality that kicks in. Sure. Well, frankly, I mean, I, it works for everything. We're being a little, little redundant here. Do it in college when they broadcast these Thursday night games. Put one on Kumar Rocker. Of course. Whatever. I mean, some of the best viewed videos that Ole Miss does is when they mic up the players then put all the, the documentary kind of stuff up afterward. I mean, Anthony's video was mic'd up Sunday against Indiana. Oh, look. Thursday night football. Mic up the damn Mac coach. The Who coach cares? at Miami of Ohio or Bowling Green. Let's mic, let's mic him up from the get-go. Out of the tunnel till we leave. Yeah, let's do it. Let's hear play calls. I mean, are you really telling me that's going to make that big of a difference in the big Miami of Ohio versus Bowling Green thing? Start experimenting. And then if it works, go, hey, you know what? SEC, ACC. Hey, Nick, we're going to need yeah. – Because here's, here's the deal. And at some point, the TV people are going to have to say this. Y'all want this money? Had to play along because y'all keep cashing these damn checks every week. Y'all want this money? We're gonna have to do some different things to uh, to bring eyeballs to this, and frankly, younger eyeballs. And when the answer is, well, the old people don't like it, well, screw them. Mm-hmm. So we, I'm a, I'm an old person. You're not, you're not listening to me. Who do you want? You want me or do you want Carson? I'd want Carson. I want the 13 year old. Podcast brought to you in part by uh, it's, 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 yeah. Uh, Ronnie Williams says, "Mike up Kermit. Mike up a college basketball coach. Yeah, whatever. You make that game more interesting. Might want a dump button, but well, you'd absolutely have to have a dump button. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. The dump button would be funny. Yeah, yeah, of course. And you could tell a coach, hey, you're mic'd up today. You're going to have to lighten up on the f bomb. Yeah, but you could hear how guys work officials. Yeah, some guys do it better than others. If I told you." Who's, who's playing tonight? Pull up an SEC schedule. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. It's be, I think this would be an interesting little experiment. I know we got some ads to read, but this is this is interesting. <clears throat> There's three SEC games tonight, I think. Are there? Okay. I'll get to it. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, no, you're good. No. I think I think the point's going to get made with both of us. 
with this. Yeah. All right, tonight we got Mississippi State at South Carolina. Okay, so you got Mississippi State, South Carolina. Are you watching? No. I'm not either. If I told you Frank Martin's mic'd up, are you more apt to watch some? Well, more apt for sure. It's that thing where when I'm sitting there for 30 minutes waiting on Carly Ann to go to sleep or waiting on her bedtime, I go, hey, you know what? What the hell? So it, be- it becomes an option, and right now it's not one. Not even a little okay. bit. Okay. Who's the next game? I won't know the score of that game until I wake up tomorrow morning to prep for this show. Okay. Vanderbilt at Alabama. Either way, I'm not okay. watching. Not, probably not either, but if today you said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to mic up Jerry Stackhouse, and throughout the game we're going to talk some NBA memories and stuff. We're going to talk about Scottie Pippen. We're going to do some things. You would at least make it more interesting than it is. And then who's the third game? Tennessee at Kentucky. Okay, I'm Mike. in there. Are you even more in if John Calipari's mic'd up? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would actually be watching at that point. You go from maybe. Because right now it will still – I mean – yeah, to not, well, I'll be at a baseball game, so whatever. But, yeah, yes, but just, if, I'm, if at home, that would have at least – I would watch a minute of that game. There's no doubt. Forget the baseball game. Just, just say yeah. just, this is a night, Tuesday night, you're hanging out at home flipping on the dial. Yeah, I would watch some of Tennessee, Kentucky, and I would definitely watch Tennessee, Kentucky. So if I told you Cal's mic'd up, you're watching. Yeah, I'm actually putting it into my schedule. Yeah. Point made. No doubt. 100%. Point made. I think that's where we're going. I, I think you're going to have to make sports that don't include the – NFL insignia, you're going to have to give it something to make it more watchable. Yeah, you might have just a constant dump button if you mic up Will Wade at some point. Yeah, I mean, there would be, there would be certain people that you couldn't mic up. And they would say no, and okay, yeah. Yeah, but back when Andy Kennedy was coaching, he would be fascinating. Yeah. And if you told Andy, who's TV savvy enough and marketing savvy enough, hey, you're a mic, a mic on, he's not going to drop the F-bomb so much. Yeah. But like his conversations with a David Huertas. In all seriousness, his conversations with the Terrence Davis would be far – it would make the broadcast far more interesting. If you're the guy in my in Dubuque who's flipping around going, am I really watching Mississippi versus Florida or not? Oh, they got the coaches mic'd up. I'll watch. Well, now all of a sudden people know who the players are. It's good for recruiting too. I'm sorry? It's good for recruiting too. Of course. Of course. Podcast brought to you in part by In-House Interior and Design. They are in Tupelo on Main Street. They're also inside Sugar Magnolia in Oxford, booth 34. They've got the complete dorm room set up for some options there. If you want to do some appointments to uh, spruce up the dorm room for the uh, student in your life, 662-681-6241, 20% off first 10 dorm room appointments for that. So really uh, trying to focus on that today. Go by and check it out inside Sugar Magnolia. Just give them a call and see what they have to offer. Again, 662-681-6241. We are also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan is the place to go. It's just off Interstate 55 in Grenada, Mississippi. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissans. Great lease deals as well. Get in touch with them. Tell them you heard about the uh, podcast uh, on uh, – Tell me you heard about the dealership on the podcast. You'll get Rebel Savings on top of the already great deals at Grenada Nissan. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. We're also brought to you by Oxford University Bank. OUB locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. When you deposit money at OUB, that money and the vast majority of the bank's profits go right back into the Oxford community. OUB offers its customers the absolute best cash checking account. It's called Casasa, and with Casasa, OUB will pay customers 2.5% interest on their balances up to $50,000 and refund ATM fees nationwide. They also have a commercial checking account, now paying 1% interest as long as you keep $10,000 in the account. 
It comes with fully interactive online banking. To learn more about OUB, check out liveoxfordbankoxford.com or call 662-234-6668. OUB is FDIC insured. And we're brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573, or you can call Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, 662-842-3844. Sort of, let's just call it interesting. I'm just stumbling across this. It says, lack of presidential election betting will cost U.S. operators billions in handle. Um, and it's talking about how in November 1916, <clears throat> said that uh, within days of the election, Supreme Court Justice Charles Hughes, the Republican, has gone from the prohibitive favorite um, to the underdog when a world support for Woodrow Wilson spreads. I guess you've listened. Well, they hadn't got to this yet. We'll the game. But anyway, along with the sentiment of who's going to win, the papers devote ink to the gambling market. Although betting isn't legal per se, betting on horses wasn't either back then. Brokers on Wall Street in New York and the Board of Trade in Chicago openly talk about the big money they're taking in. Days later, the biggest winner, Edward Doney, president of the Pan American Petroleum Transportation, is celebrated. He wins five hundred thousand dollars in nineteen sixteen uh, money on Wilson's victory. Two economic professors estimated that roughly ten million dollars was bet on the nineteen sixteen presidential election, equal to two hundred thirty six million today. The open acceptance of political betting in America didn't last long. By the time Wilson made his home in the White House, there was talk of specifically banning such activity. And it's talking about still in the United States today, that's not legal and you can't do it even as sports betting continues to expand, and it's the one area where they are just losing tons of money by that not being an option. And why? Because you can bet on everything else. Why not that? Why can't – why not? Yeah. I mean, do we really think some insider trading – like, what, what, what are we worried about here? As opposed to an 18-year-old fixing a basketball game? I mean, you know, one's much more likely than the other. Yeah. I mean, just saying. Yeah. I mean, you could – 18-year-old could fix a basketball game. In a hurry. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen it. Minnesota says hello. It happens every year. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Make no mistake. You think so? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Hey, John Doe, you can win. Don't win by six. Yeah. Miss a couple. Legs will get a little heavy on that free throw late, okay? Miss it a couple late. Yeah. It says in 14, uh, CFTC did allow a site called Predicted to take bets on elections, providing that its operations were run through a university with a max bet of $850. Um, but it says, yeah, it says that in that hell, just... What would you bet right now? Would you would you throw a buck on Biden right now, or would you, would you be still... There wouldn't be a good bet right now, because I, I think Trump's going to win. And I would assume that he's he would be a prohibitive favorite at the moment. I would have said that until this week. You think this week has changed that? Well, this coronavirus thing and what it's that doing Fox to markets. That Fox News poll was interesting last week. Had him losing to essentially everyone. Now, Trump's not a good predictor in polls. We learned right. that in 16 that a lot of people will vote for him that won't admit it. Um, yes. And that there's a lot of people who you don't have in your sample sizes that will vote for him. Yes. So he's, he's probably the worst poller relative to performance in American political history. It's not his fault at all. And the people that will try to blame a virus on one person, it's insane. If the markets do some of the things that people are talking about the markets doing, just the way the way people are, I could see chaos opening the door for something. It's very obvious also, I think, and this isn't a criticism or, or anything, it's just an observation. You feel free to tell me I'm an idiot. Um, it's pretty obvious the 
Democratic national people told uh, Kobacher and, and uh, Buttigieg, get out. Yeah. Get out right now before Super Tuesday or else. Because they were concerned about Sanders building up such a lead that it would be insurmountable. So today's a huge day for the Democratic nomination. You do think it's it's being rigged in a way. That's not, too strong, but you know yeah, what I mean. Not rigged, but yeah, I, I think I think they're very concerned. Clearly, that that if you're the Democrats, I think there there is concern whether it's justified or not. I don't know. I think there's concern that Sanders wins the nomination and has no chance at the election. And I think they look at a guy like Biden or something, think he has a better chance in the general election mm-hmm. against Trump. Brian Cashman just says he does not expect Aaron Judge or Juwan Carlos Stanton to uh, be ready for opening day. Ooh, yeah, they're getting banged up. My pick of the Tampa Bay Rays looking better and better. Is that who you picked? I did pick the Rays. I picked the Rays in the AL East. Talk about a franchise that's done a good job. Jeez, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland A's are phenomenal. No, no resources at all, and they just win. Well, I mean, Billy Bean said it back in the day. We're just trying to buy runs, bud. Just trying to buy runs. I just wish the Cubs had money. Just, uh, they I know, just, it's really, I hate for those small market teams that just can't quite figure it out. If only they just had some money, you know? But bless them. It's hard when your stadium is packed every <laughs> single day. In the third largest media market in the country. I mean, how do you even, not to get on this, but I was watching it yesterday. And look, I'm a heterosexual guy. I, Chris Bryant's a great-looking person. He's charismatic. He's funny. He appears to be a good guy. I know. Like, I want those honeycomb BDJs, and he he, he wears them a lot better than I do. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. And you're going to think about letting him walk because oh, he just don't have any money? I'm calling him in and going, give me a number. We'll figure it out. Yeah, let's make this work. You can have my parking spot, too, while we're at it. Yeah. I'll walk an extra I'm 10 feet. I'm about to put your billboard up all over the city. Yeah, Biden's not without his gaffes. I'm seeing in the, in the live stream here. Oh, I think it's safe to question whether he's completely lucid. Mm-hmm. The That's last the, four years have not been kind to his his ability to communicate effectively in public. I mean, Obama did a really good job of sort of hiding him for eight years. And Obama could have run with you or me as his running mate and won. He was a rock star. <laughs> Pretty good. We always talk about Trump and different things, idea of climate, but even a little more, a little more local level um, to our neighbor to the uh, to the east. Message board thread this morning goes: If you told me in 1999 I'd be walking in to vote for Tommy Tuberville today for political office, I'd have <laughs> laughed and slapped you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. if you had told me in 1999 I was covering him that this guy would run for Senate one day, I would not have been even a little surprised. Really? Yeah. You might have thought his his last fifteen years had gone differently than they have, but yeah, sure. he uh, Cause and, he he skated some landmines around here and is some a staunch conservative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I would have. Well, yeah, he's like any other politician. I mean, yeah. they all got skeletons. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, he would he would come over and we would talk politics every once in a while. Yeah, he'd keep those keep his voice down. Yeah. All right, back tomorrow with another edition of the show. Again, Ole Miss Baseball tonight, 6.30 against Memphis from Swayze Field. Coverage of that. I'll publish that hitting story here in a little bit as uh, as well. So thanks for hanging out with us in the stream, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.